Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Unexpected Podcast, a podcast where we chat about all the things expected and unexpected during pregnancy and parenthood. I'm your host, Deborah Brooks. I'm a speech language pathologist who found herself unexpectedly expecting. I use this show to call everyone I know who can help me get ready for this life changing journey. This is 11 Weeks Pregnant. All right, yeah, so I'm 11 weeks pregnant. Things are going pretty well, very smoothly. I'm not sick. I'm still not sick. I never felt anything like that. Um, Don't get too mad at me. It makes me paranoid. But before we talk too much about me, let's hear about 11 weeks in anyone's pregnancy according to what to expect. All right, your baby is just over an inch and a half long now and weighs about a quarter of an ounce. Baby's body is straightening out and the torso is lengthening. Hair follicles are forming and fingernail and toenail beds are beginning to develop. Nails will actually start to grow within the next few weeks. Those nails are forming on individual fingers and toes, having separated recently from the webbed hands and feet of just a few weeks ago. And though you can't tell baby's sex by looking at him yet, even with an ultrasound, ovaries are developing if it's a girl. What would you be able to see if your womb had a view is that your fetus has distinct human characteristics by now with hands and feet in the front of the body, ears nearly in their final shape, if not final location. Open nasal passages on the tip of the nose, a tongue and palate in the mouth, and visible nipples. Okay, so yes, 11 weeks pregnant, and I am feeling really good. I have pretty good energy. I don't feel nauseous or anything, um, but I did read that nausea and vomiting is a sign of a healthy pregnancy. So it makes me nervous, even though most people are saying that I'm lucky and I shouldn't complain. I get nervous that I am not sick, but I am told everything is fine. Every doctor's visit's fine. I also have spoken to lots of mamas who were never sick. So if you're in my shoes, try to calm down because I have a hard time calming down. I'm happy to be 11 weeks, almost 12 weeks. That seems to be a milestone for many women during their pregnancy so I'm looking forward to reaching that I think it's funny that I um, I often say I don't have any symptoms but really I just don't have the one which is sickness I definitely have other symptoms um, like frequent urination and I won't go into too much details about the rest but yeah I, I just really don't have the the nausea and vomiting so If you think you don't have symptoms, just take a second and reflect and think, hmm, maybe I do have symptoms. I'm just missing that one. All right. So in today's episode, I chat with my good friend, Sari Wu. She is a speech language pathologist. Um, And unfortunately, the first time I recorded this interview with Sari, I lost the interview audio. So if you are keeping tabs on my continuity, it is off. Yes, this is our 11-week episode, but I am here right now recording, and I am actually 20 weeks. Things are going well, Um, and 
I don't remember how many weeks I was when I did record this episode with Sari. So if you're keeping track of the timeline, it is off for this episode and the next one. Um, this is going to be a two-parter. So Sari is going to talk to us all about fertility and what that was like, her journey to having a baby. And then she's going to talk about the pregnancy, birth, and then parenthood in the next episode. So stay tuned for Sari's story, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Unexpected Podcast. Today I am joined by Miss Sari Wu. Hi, Sari. Hi. So Sari is a fellow speech-language pathologist, and she's the co-host of SLP Happy Hour Podcast. Uh, she primarily works in the school setting. How's that going for you? Oh, it's, it's been a whirlwind. We're still in the pandemic and uh, the metrics in my state uh, seem to change on a yeah. semi-regular basis. So it's a constant adjustment, but I'm still seeing kids and we're still doing speech therapy the best that I can. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's what I'm doing as well. I don't have a hybrid approach like you do. My school to prime is uh, completely virtual at this point. Um, and to give everyone a timeline, right now it is um, early November 2020, in case you're listening at a different time. So if you're listening in the future, we hope things are better there. Here, here. <laughs> we, hope, we hope there's some sort of like figured outness to all of this madness. Mm-hmm. And soon. Uh, yeah. All right, so Sari has recently had a baby. Actually, like, how does it seem like it was recent? Does it seem like a long time ago? It seems like it really wasn't that long ago, but my baby is huge compared to (laughs) the newborn. It's been six months, a little over six months, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like a half a year has gone by since we had him. Yeah, he he is a sturdy boy. (laughs) <laughs> the videos of him and he stood up the other day all on his own very good mm-hmm. well he pulled himself up on something so I don't know if that's he didn't just stand up <laughs> yeah it wasn't unsupported he was he was cheating yeah. a little bit I should but have it, pulled that box away <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was like essentially a baby pull-up that's what he did so it's yeah what I can do um so yeah, six months ago, you gave birth to this baby, but let's rewind a little bit further. Um, were you trying to have a baby? Yeah, so we had been trying for over five years to have a baby, and uh, somewhere in, we, we kind of went back and forth uh, during grad school, which would have been a terrible idea for <laughs> having a baby. Right. And kind of uh, during my clinical fellowship years when we actively started pursuing um, some help for conceiving and um, the doctors, you you know, majority of infertility cases, I don't think you ever get an explanation for. And they really didn't know what was going on. Of course, my husband, everything tested normal. So I pretty much knew it had to be me. Mm -hmm. They thought I had endometriosis and I have... I had to do a laparoscopy, which is a surgical procedure to confirm that. They found out that I did have endometriosis, but that it was so mild and, you know, none of the key components for getting pregnant were damaged. Uh So So there was, 
So exactly. It was a waste of a surgical procedure to me to find yeah. out that I had such a mild case and, right. and that that wasn't the reason. So I think that kind of freaked me out. And we went on pause for another year, got through my clinical fellowship, which for those who are not speech language pathologist that's your first year as a yeah. s- speech therapist and there's like hell week that people talk about but like this is hell year I cried every day in my CF <laughs> I was like I don't know why I did this to myself this was so hard my days were long it was like unrealistic expectations it was a tremendous amount of paperwork uh long hours um So yeah, I couldn't imagine. So I don't know if it was a little bit of a blessing that you had this like forced wait on you. Yeah, it was a, it was a choice to wait because, and I think that I had this very similar experience. There was a lot of tears, a lot of crying in the bathroom. And on top of it early on was, and I can't get pregnant. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, So I got through the clinical fellowship and we went back to the fertility specialists and we started treatment. And they start you with uh, hormone therapy, at least, you know, from my experience, they started you with uh, medical uh, treatment from this um, prescription for Clomid. Mm-hmm. And we were on Clomid for only two rounds before they had us move up to the next step, which was in utero insemination. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it was round two of IUI that worked for us. Nice. So, and that's when, um, like everything is put together in a Petri dish outside and then put in to you. No, good question. I don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's in vitro fertilization and that's the next level above what we did. So if, if we had not, so I think you usually try IUI in utero insemination three to maybe six rounds before mm-hmm. going to IVF, which is what you're talking about. Okay. Um, we, and we, I remember the doctor telling us that it was going to be up to us if our round three didn't work, if we'd want to try another three rounds or if we'd want to go up and try IVF. But nope, we, we were lucky the IUI worked on round two and IUI, they, it's, I think, I think of it just kind of as like a shortcut for the sperm. They just okay. make the trip a little bit shorter by directly depositing it in the uterus. Oh, okay. So then like, so your stuff stays inside you and his mm-hmm. stuff gets like turkey based inside there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fancy term for the turkey baster method. <laughs> okay. All right. Got it. Cause I didn't know. I thought that maybe like they just, uh, there's, I don't know if there was also another fertility treatment that they just like help the woman increase her chances of conceiving and then the baby is conceived naturally still. I think that's what the Clomid is for because what that does is it makes or it does something to your home hormones that it makes multiple eggs drop and it Uh it's supposed to yes increase your chances of getting pregnant and if that is not working then you'll go to the IUI method. So um, I remember them saying that a lot of people who start that have a high, um, higher chance of getting twins or multiple right. pregnancies. Because there's and eggs all the galore. 
Yes. And I remember at the time I was like, oh, that'd be awesome because we only want two kids and it'd just be over in one go. Right. Yeah. But now that I'm on the other side, I am so grateful <laughs> I did not have twins and have absolute respect for those twin mamas and multiple yeah. pregnancies, multiple birth mamas out there. Man, I couldn't do it. When I was doing my audiology um, clinical, um, when I when I had to do that for a school, there were these twins that we were testing their hearing and they were just like really unhappy. They did not want their hearing checked. They were screaming and crying the whole time. And um, I was just like, whatever, because you know what? Kids, they don't want to do it. That's, they're crying. That's what's happening here. That is just <laughs> the reality. And the mom was just very stressed. I'm like, what are you going to do? Bring it back another time. It's fine. And she just looked at me and she was like, just know that when you have kids, there could be two. <laughs> she like stared <laughs> out of my eyes and said that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I only have one inside me, but you know what? Everyone who's got more than one, you're going to be great. It's going to be fine. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. Thank Think of all those cute outfits that you're going to get to exactly set up and you'll get the potty training done with one fell swoop. You won't have <laughs> one and then have to train the next one, you know. Exactly. Everyone will be on the same timeline too. So it's not like, you know, this one just finished school. Now I got to start again doing school at the same time. So yeah, a lot of benefits there, twin mamas. So you're <laughs> all right. Um, so then when did you find out that you were pregnant? What was that like? So we found out um, up in Canada, we were visiting my husband's parents who lived up in um, Surrey, British Columbia. Mm -hmm. And I had kind of ruled it out, actually. I thought that the round two had not worked. Round one, I was taking pregnancy tests like an addict every single day, and right. they were all negative and it was when I got my cycle after that first round one I just was heartbroken and I think that one hit me really hard and my husband <laughs> my husband had to pick all the pieces up off the ground oh, and be yeah. like we're gonna try again it's gonna be okay right. and so round two um we had gone to Vegas right after the IUI procedure mm -hmm. And um, when we fly, a lot of times that will offset my cycle. Mm -hmm. And so we'd gone to Vegas. We'd had a fun time in Vegas. And then like two days after we got back, we flew up to BC to visit his in-laws. And when we were up there is when I realized I was late. Now, I had taken a pregnancy test like at the 11 or 12-day mark. I think I took it when they said um, they were like – all right, wait, wait 11 or 12 days and then you mm -hmm. can take one. And I, I took two and they were both negative. So I just didn't want to take them anymore because right. I didn't want the heartbreak again. And, mm -hmm. and I was mentally preparing for round three. And when we were up in Surrey, I remember telling Dan, my husband, oh, you know, Dan, I think, I think I'm late. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's probably not because I'm pregnant. It's probably just because of all the flights and stuff. Right. And, he, thank goodness for him, he was like, no, let's, let's go get a pregnancy test. And right. He walked out to the store. I don't remember if he bought it and brought it home. I don't remember like grabbing it off the shelf. So he might've, but mm -hmm. I went in the bathroom and took it. And I remember like, and I'd taken 
countless pregnancy tests by this point because it's been trying for for years. Mm -hmm. But when I got that little plus sign, I didn't, I didn't believe it. And even Mm -hmm. though there's like a, you know, key for dummies right there on the pregnancy test, I was like, am I reading that right? (laughs) And I, my eyes work. Yeah. Is, is this real? Like, is that little, (laughs) is that blue line? Like, am I seeing things? Is it, is it, yeah. Does that mean what I think it means? And I pulled out the instructions and I remember like reading those like probably several <laughs> times and still not believing it. And I came out of the bathroom, like holding the test, holding the instructions. And I went up to my husband and was just like, yeah, pretty much. I, I don't think he could understand a word that I said. He saw the stick and he saw the, the paper and he figured it out. But Right. Yeah. I mean, I went through a similar thing. I was just like, because not that I went through the, the struggle that you went through, the, but the shock and the lack of being able to read. I did that because like <laughs> I was not, I didn't know that was going to happen. And then I looked at it and I was like, am I allowed? Like, <laughs> I'm like old, I'm like 32. And I'm just like, uh oh, <laughs> like, am I going to get in trouble? <laughs> but um, yeah. So, and then I'm like, it says two lines is pregnant. There are two lines. I'm like, what does this mean? It did not connect. Was, those neurons were not synapse. <laughs> that was not happening <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, because so like it took you five years going through all of these procedures um, and you must have just felt like a, all of it. What was that like? I can't even imagine. It was, it was a rush. I mean, it was a lot of like tears, but happy tears all over mm-hmm. again. And, you know, I, I, I've talked to you a little bit about this before, Deb, but we, while we were trying, it it was really hard and it was hard to talk to people about it because a lot of times people don't know what to say to someone who's struggling with infertility. And sometimes in their discomfort, they'll say things that are, that are inappropriate and kind of hurtful. And you know, I, I've been trying to, you know, take the opportunity to try and, try and advocate for other women who have struggled with infertility and um, help raise awareness so that people right. can know, you know, because I, I get that it's hard. And if you don't, if you've never faced it, you don't know what to say. Um, so I'm hoping that people who hear this maybe will know some things that, you know, maybe you shouldn't say and, and what right. would be helpful. But I got told, well, maybe you're just stressed and that's why you're not getting pregnant. I got told, uh, you know, like things that I should be eating, things I shouldn't be drinking, you know, you know, lists of products that I could try. Um, And even guarantees things like, oh, it'll all work out. And I, I, I know it's just going to happen for you. Mm-hmm. were really hard and one of the worst things to hear when you're trying and you want with all your heart to have a baby and you just cannot conceive is to have people say things like you're never going to know love until you have uh, a child right. and I remember and I had several people say that to me and I kind of towards the end I started to get kind of bitter and I wanted to be kind of snarky back and be like well 
I'm just never going to know love yeah. then. <laughs> going to have a loveless life. So thanks for rubbing it in. Yeah, exactly. God. Yeah. People are insane. Uh, I remember when you posted about um, what really resonated with me was people being like uh, saying to you that, oh, maybe you're just stressed. And if you just calm down, it's like, okay, well, like, do you, are you awake? Like, are you living today? Because like, it is a stressful time. So like yes. calming down is not going to work. So, like, I don't understand. I would just like, and then you're just blaming the person who is putting all of their energy towards just trying to conceive. It's, it's appalling. Yeah. It just kind of minimizes everything that you're going through and mm -hmm. it doesn't make you feel like your experience is valid at all. And yeah. maybe it's all in your head kind mm -hmm. of a thing. And, and, uh, that was, don't ever tell someone maybe you're just stressed. That's going to stress them out. So exactly. even if you think that's it, then you are, that's counterproductive. You know, and the other thing I was just thinking about this, um, is, uh, well, it could be worse. Right. Um, th that kind of uh, comment, while people are trying to help you look on the bright side, um, just makes you feel even more horrible about where you're at mentally and, and everything you're struggling with. When people say, well, it could be worse, you know, right. <laughs> you, and maybe they give you some crazy scenario for how it could be worse, but that just makes you feel 100 times worse yeah about exactly everything my goodness so what is it some advice that you have that you wouldn't that you didn't mind hearing or that like you find yourself saying to others that are in your position just just that compassion just I mean just keep it simple I think what I really responded to is just people simply saying I'm so sorry that you have to go through this mm -hmm. and I never minded people like hoping for the best saying you know I'm I'm holding out hope for you and I'm I'm sorry this is such a rough time yeah. but that acknowledgement that what I was going through was hard I appreciated and yeah. um, I appreciated the the hope too because I was hanging on to it as well right yeah um, so I think those were like, just keep the response simple, acknowledge the hard time for what it is. And, and, yeah. uh, yeah, just some acknowledgement, some hope and some validation. Like you're, you have every right to feel sad and you are doing everything you can. And like, I am praying for you and you're in my thoughts and I can imagine that this is a very difficult time. Yeah, that's perfect. I feel like the only advice I ever like when I'm, I'm not doing well with anything is just like I always say to people because I guess somebody must have said it to me um just all you can do right now is allow yourself to be sad yeah so don't fight it don't don't act as if like you need to swallow all the time and you just need to like be strong and move forward just like allow yourself to be sad instead of trying to just always be tough and I think that's the only thing that's ever helped me when I am going through something tough. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I, I think trying to encourage people to bottle things up or to hide mm -hmm. feelings that might be perceived as, oh, yeah. I hear my baby in the background. <laughs> He's probably playing with, the, with his dad <laughs> in the living room. Um, but, but acknowledging that uh, those bad feelings, those feelings are not bad. Yeah they're human, right? Yeah. And we all experience them and allowing ourselves to experience them is what we should be doing. Yes, you're allowed. You're allowed and you should. 
Um, so then you went through all of this struggle and then you finally became pregnant. Was life perfect then? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I had like quite the buildup because I remember my mom and a lot of women telling me that pregnancy was just the best that they ever <laughs> felt in their entire life. Yeah. And pregnancy was probably the worst that <laughs> I ever felt oh, in dear. my entire life. <laughs> at all the things. I think the only thing I didn't do was throw up. I did have nausea, but I never actually threw up from it. Mm -hmm. But I had back pain. I had to sleep on the floor for uh, several months because I couldn't sleep in our bed because my back pain was so horrible. So what what did the floor do for you? Because I remember you told me this and then I've been thinking about like, am I going to transition to the floor? Like what did... What did that do? Because did you lay on your side on the floor or? I did. I laid on my side on the floor. Sometimes, sometimes I laid on my back, but I actually couldn't lay on my back for very long Mm -hmm. in my pregnancy. Um, But it was mostly on my side. And I think it was just the firmness is what I needed. Like maybe our mattress was too soft. Mm -hmm. But after a while, my hips really started to hurt from sleeping on the floor. And my husband kind of rigged up this reclined like pillow system for me to sleep back on the bed but on it on it sounds like a faint he is <laughs> <laughs> he is good. boy was i a hot mess to put up with through the whole thing too. <laughs> boy i was like i worked so hard to be pregnant and then and now like i'm just getting put through the ringer now that i am i just got to be grateful for every <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every day of this bloody pregnancy yeah that's gotta be rough too just like having to be grateful i'm sure people probably said dumb things to you at that time too like well at least you're pregnant and yeah like, okay <laughs> my goodness yes but it's it was fine yeah i i um especially the third trimester, I, I swelled up huge. I was not the pretty little skinny pregnant lady with just like a little beach ball just in the front of the belly. I was, Mm -hmm. I was massive and I did the mom waddle into the room. (laughs) I could only wear flip flops towards the end because my feet swelled so big. I couldn't Mm -hmm. fit in my shoes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm not there yet. I am in the second trimester, but like nothing has changed for me yet. Like, I feel like, I don't know if I've said this already on the podcast. So if I have, I apologize listeners, but like how much of my life I spent thinking like, oh no, what if I get pregnant? And then like, the answer is nothing, nothing will happen. Like it is going to be a long time before you even feel different. Like every day I'm like, is there a baby in there? Let me make sure I check. I have this Doppler thing. I hear a heartbeat and I'm like he's there so I just like I don't know like this is taken long this is this is a long time of a nothing nothing is happening like what does it look like for you in retrospect was it quick yeah uh, yeah you know now I'm six months on the other side and and sometimes I am like oh like that I'm things I'm starting to forget things Uh uh, about it already and that kind of surprises me because it, at the time it felt like such an ordeal to go through. Right. And now, now it's, I'm already like, oh, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> but I think that's a defense mechanism. Otherwise, like you would never get pregnant again. That's like, I think women do that. They, they like suppress all the memories of struggle. <laughs> but for me, like I just, I am very lucky. I don't want to brag or anything, but 
No, I hope that it's like that for you the rest. And it might be, Deb. It could be that just this breeze right on through. And, and that and would be lovely. Next time I have a girl and it's just like complete 180. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, who knows? Like, I, I have no idea. Um, there is there is kind of an old wives tale that if you have a girl, you have more nausea. I don't know if it's right. true, but my I've sister even keeps saying that to me because she said like she has two girls and two boys and like the two girls she was always sick and moody and with the two boys she was fine. I am moody though. I'm definitely way mo moodier. I used to be like <laughs> I don't think pregnancy and speech therapy work well together. Has like short fees with the kids. I mean, like I, I'm always like, I have really, really strong self-control, but like, I also am a very like calm person in general. Like I even have low blood pressure and that's my normal, mm -hmm. but like, and I just, now I just don't feel the same. Like a kid's crying and I'm like, just stop. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, there's no need to cry right now. You have toys. You're sitting here. I got bubbles. Like, do not cry. <laughs> there's a, another kid who's like, I, I, I can't do it. And I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like, I, I don't feel the way, like I used to feel just so like, oh, I'll repeat it 75 times. That's what we did today. You said it twice. That's good with me. Now I'm like, what is the drama? Do what I'm asking. What is happening here? Like you I'm in charge. You do the thing. That's what happens. Like, like, I don't know. I just do feel not as patient, but like, I do work hard to make sure I at least like seem the same. And I probably don't, I probably don't, but like, <laughs> I, I notice it's harder for me to be who I used to be naturally. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, the best I, way to say it. <laughs> I, th I think I went through that too. And I kind of went through kind of that I'm the pregnant lady entitlement mm -hmm. phase, you know, where I, I, I the, oh, here's a good, I, I went, needed to use a restroom mm -hmm. and this guy was cleaning the restrooms and I went in like this craft shop here locally and he was a janitor cleaning the restroom, the women's restroom. And I like mm -hmm. knocked on the door and, and I, I was like, Hey, I, I need to use the bathroom. Is it okay if I come in? And, and he was like, no, oh, I'm cleaning. Yeah. Like just completely just cut me off. And I, I was like, um, well, I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> I really have to go. I will pee here. The men's then. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's polite. I would have been like, your choice, pal. You yeah. got the mop. So if you either want it here or over there, you let me know, but it's coming. <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever be the type of person to pull that card, but I did. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I've definitely yelled at people more. Um, like I saw, we were on our way to the doctor and it looked like our exit was closed for like no reason. There was just like cones and workers. And I was going to be like, you got to move that. Cause we got to get off this exit. Like I need, I can't go to the next one. That's too far away. Um, but then it was like, you were allowed to go, but I was like mentally preparing to scream at this poor <laughs> worker who had done nothing wrong. <laughs> so, um, I mean, pregnancy card you can pull because yeah. it's just like, people should understand, like you try to grow a human cause it's changing yeah. me. It's a temporary card. You can't play it for that long. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so well, you can. 
Was there anything that was unexpected about pregnancy other than just your overall <laughs> ouchness? <laughs> yeah, I do think that was very unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think th- what was kind of unique about my pregnancy was like the tail end of it having to go through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was kind of, you know, but I was so busy with work. I didn't have a whole lot of time to build up any sort of like apprehension around right. giving birth during the, the quarantine. Cause it, that was called mid March. And my son Declan came at the end of April, um, April, 2020, mm-hmm. okay. April, 20, April so 24th, was- 2020. Um, I remember <laughs> I was like, <laughs> If he comes early and he comes on April 20th, I'm going (laughs) to hold him in because that is Hitler's birthday. That is like, he's going to be a stoner and I'm not going to let that happen. (laughs) I know. My uncle Jimmy is born on that day though. And he is my favorite uncle, but I do understand (laughs) because people always bring up those two components of that one day. So yes, they do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, cause I'm due April 30th. So I'll be squeezing my legs together too. Um, but yeah, so that was like peak pandemic and you went into your pregnancy with a, I mean, I suppose ordinary world, whatever that means. But so then you, but then, so like for me, this whole time it's been messed up. So I don't know if that like prepared me a bit more because I'm just like, this is the reality. But for you, that must've been quite a shock. It was quite a shock. And I remember, um, my sub that was going to cover for me canceled because she was in the at-risk age group and she didn't mm-hmm. want to risk having to go in at all. So it was a mad dash work-wise trying to set everything up so that my SLP team within the district that I work for c- could cover for me. And mm-hmm. they only needed to cover for me for the end of the year. And, and they were great about stepping up to help me out. But it was it was working through spring break and evenings and weekends to try and get that set up. And I had planned to take my maternity leave a week before his due date. I canceled that and mm-hmm. I worked up and his due date was April 23rd. Mm-hmm. I worked up until that day and then he oh, came boy. the 24th, the, literally the next day that I stopped working. Vir- you were virtual at that point or you were in person? We were. We were virtual at that point. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was. I think I can do it too. I was wondering that about myself, just financially, because I'm contracted, like fee for service. So yeah, I'm just. You like, know what I liked about it is I, if I had had downtime, I would have been worrying mm-hmm. the whole time about the the pandemic, about having to give birth. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So you're uh, just like, I have to worry about antonyms right now. I can't think about the ring of yeah. fire. Yeah, it was, it was a good distraction. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so something I've been thinking about that was unexpected for that I realized is, well, I know now is that the baby is really in the beginning, at least on your lower right side. And I don't know, I guess I just always thought the baby was in the middle or higher up like your belly, but no, it's like the baby's on your lower right side. And that was very unexpected to me. I had no Are you idea. feeling it? Yeah, I'm putting my hand there right now. <laughs> I put my hand there all the time. I'm just like, can I feel you, baby? But I have an interior placenta. So they say like, I probably won't feel anything oh, interesting. for a while. Okay. Because it's like a big cushy 
all the water is in the front. So okay. if I feel something, it'll be like lower. And then later when he's bigger, which is, I was, I was really hoping I was going to see like those alien elbows just like flying across my belly, but we'll <laughs> see, you know, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, I never did. I saw bumps, but I could, oh, really? I could never tell like what limb that was. So, uh-huh. I saw somebody who had a full-fledged foot just, like, jab out. I was like, whoa. Oh, man. That's intense. <laughs> um, so thanks for doing this. Everyone stay tuned because in the next episode, uh, Sarah's going to tell us about uh, labor, delivery, and parenthood. Oh, boy. The Unexpected Podcast is recorded and produced by Deborah Brooks and is sponsored by the Sit Down with Microsene Podcast, SLP's Wine and Cheese Podcast, and the Dad Show with Microsene Podcast. For more unexpected content, head over to www.patreon.com slash Deborah Brooks CCC SLP. If you love the show, I'd appreciate a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.